All right, here we go. Welcome to episode 20 of Roman Atwood Podcast. We got a very special, we got a superstar in the house today, guys. Matt. Matt Carriker <laughs> hey, in guys. the house from Demolition Ranch, off the ranch. And my assistant, Bill Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg you know, is I've been, in the I've house. I've been the man of many titles, but assistant is not one that I have ever had, nor do I ever want. Never been an assistant. I love you, Matt. Don't get me wrong. But. <laughs> He's like, not to you, definitely not to you. Uh, maybe to my wife, yeah. Speaking of wife, that. I got my wife here with me today, co-hosting, always here, never hey off the couch. <laughs> never off the couch. I love that. Uh, man, thank you for being here. No, it's an honor and a privilege, man. Like I told you off air, I didn't even check to see who you are, what you were about, what the podcast was about, because my good friend Matt asked me to do something, and I just blindly said yes. So also, he lives six minutes away. So <laughs> Then there's that. There wasn't much inconvenience. Yeah, Matt, Matt's a solid dude. We like him. He's oh, all right. Yeah, he's all right. On air, we say. I have my moments. He did say, I have to be on the show, though. Um, so that was a deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true for the record. It's not true. Also, I, I also Sorry. paid Goldberg 10 grand to be here. So Yeah, well, kidogi. Half Should've price. You told me car. 20. No, man. It was actually in uh, the form of, ply of uh, sheets of plywood for my garage. Yeah. That's almost that was, more. That was, that was two sheets. Exactly. Yeah, it was two <laughs> sheets, no doubt. So you're coming off a huge day already. Been up all day doing uh, Make-A-Wish. Yeah, uh, it, was, which, it, it was awesome, man. You know, um, there's a company here in town, uh, Vospo, and it's a, a, it's a company that supports, you know, veteran-owned businesses, and uh, they have a lot to do with the first responders here in Bernie, and uh, they do tandem events, and... The force up in Austin at uh, Dell Children's Hospital today had a uh, had a superhero day. That's and awesome. And I was their assistant. Hey. <laughs> um, no, but it was. It, I mean, it's it's hard to explain these things. Emotional. It's <laughs> emotional is an understatement. Yeah. Well, I think everybody who has kids feels that way. You have kids. You have yeah. kids. I have kids. Like, you, that's the last person you would ever want to see sick is a bunch of kids. Some of my favorite yeah. things in my whole career has been Make a Wish. It is phenomenal. It's 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 awesome. I mean, when I was at WCW, uh, I had one every time I turned the corner, yeah. and it's never enough. I mean, yeah. the time that you can spend with these kids and make an indelible impression upon them and their lives, and maybe get them for five minutes to not think about what they're going through. Yes, that's invaluable, man. And you know, yeah. even and, and like Matt said, especially now that I have a sixteen-year-old boy. I mean, you know, you can empathize. Yes. Um, yeah. It's a it's a tough deal. I mean, I can't lie and say that I didn't break down at the end leaving, you know, because you see these kids and you just want to stay there. You with wish them, you could yeah. do something more for sure. Yeah. Showing up yeah. and signing autographs yeah. and having them see the belt. What's I mean, that's yeah. a simple gesture. That's though. awesome. Yeah, not everybody's yeah. like that though. That takes a good heart, man. Uh, and now you're on your second charity event of the day, <laughs> the Roman Atwood Podcast. Stop. So thank you. I, I I do have a big favor, though. Anything. This is our first mobile podcast, meaning yeah. we've never left our studio. Mm -hmm. And I hate this backdrop. I hate it. It's shiny. It's wrinkled. They got it printed just for this. And I would love <laughs> to see you destroy it. Do you think you could take that down? Oh, I could. I know I could take. Can that you take down. it down for me? Just the problem Just real is quick. what I would do to like this. The rest of Bunker Brand, dude. Are you, you gonna go home? You know, whatever Hulk you mode. do, I'm happy. <laughs> I got. I got. I got. I, I really want this to happen. This thing's wreaking havoc on my my viewers' eyes. Yeah, make sure there's no one on the first floor when you throw that over. I don't know. Can you look break? out below? You break. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Yeah, there's computers. I'm pretty down sure there. there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, that's ex <laughs> That was loud. My no, man. No one was hurt in the Took uh, care of that. Uh, you just helped my viewers a lot. <laughs> you ask and I, you ask and I shall receive. That was per was it who's anybody down there? Is anyone Not down? anymore. Anyone hurt? <laughs> now they're covered up by a, a dude laying down there <laughs> by a sign. Um so what we do on our show a lot we try, we try to inspire people. We try to give the listener hope. We try to help them uh, find joy in their life. You know, you are very big on that. Um, yeah. You've had a remarkable career, big, big career. And I would love to inspire my viewers with that career. I'd love to hear some of your past. I'd love to see where you started. I'd love to, I'd love to give them that. If you have fun stories, well, it all began back in the day. Uh, I, the fact is, I, w I was born a football player. That's, that's when you define in Webster's Dictionary what a football player is, I think my picture is there. And, <laughs> and I wear that title um, proudly. I'm a meathead defensive lineman. That's all I've ever Same. done. Same. <laughs> yeah, uh, quite obviously, but that's that's all I've ever known. You know, I mean, I got two older brothers who grew up and and played major college football. One went into the pros for a short period of time. The other went straight into business. But I always wanted to follow in their footsteps. Mm -hmm. And let's be perfectly honest. I mean, other than Sandy Koufax and a couple other people, there haven't been many professional Jewish athletes in the forefront mm -hmm. to be able to set an example for the little Jewish kids around the world. Who, you know, uh, when, as I said, when I was growing up, I had my two older brothers, I had Sandy Koufax. There weren't many, you know, sports stars or celebrities that, that I could liken myself to and look up to and try to follow in their footsteps. So I kind of treaded my own way. It's awesome. And, uh, you know, I mean, it all culminated that this summer I did a deal in San Diego called the Maccabi Games. And it's literally like the Jewish Olympics. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's really mm. cool. And uh, I spoke to these kids and that was the culmination of my life, truly, because everything I had done, whether it was on the football field, whether it was wrestling, whether it was on the Goldbergs or NCIA, whatever it may be, it all led to that night. Interesting. And it led to me speaking to those kids. And I spoke about purpose. And uh, I spoke straight from my heart because when these kids would come down and I'd slap their hands, high five, when they were all introduced, I saw myself in every one of them. How long ago was this? It was four months ago. So my question for you, and I think I know the answer, were you the same giving Goldberg back in the 90s when you were a younger man, just blowing up, becoming famous, was this still, was that your heart's goal? 100%. Yeah. 100%. I've never changed. Yeah. You know, I've always been that guy who wants to do something for the people who can't help themselves. And it all, it all goes back to when my oldest brother was playing for the University of Minnesota. And my youngest older brother, who's two years younger than he was, uh, wasn't playing at the time. And we flew to Wisconsin from Minneapolis, landed, watched the game snowstorm. We couldn't fly back, so we had to drive back with the team. 
right? So I'm like six years old. I'm on the bus with the college football team. And I asked everybody for their autograph, like, I don't know, maybe 900 times. <laughs> the only ones I remember are the ones that didn't give it to me. Yeah. Mm. Right? And so I swore at that moment in my life that I'd never make anybody feel the freaking way that those guys made me feel. Dang. God, why, that's so true. And it is, it, yeah. it is I mean, it, it's, it's driven me to be the person that I am charity-wise. Yeah. And I, and, and truly, you know, I mean, people say things all the time for likes and yeah. for people to pat them on the back. Man, there's nothing better than putting a smile on a kid's face at the children's yeah. hospital. There's nothing better than taking the time mm. to make them feel as though it's all about them. Yeah, you know? man, the power of charity is... Powerful. It's, it's unbelievable. It's I mean, I've done so many throughout the years. The Jimmy V Foundation, you know, Joe Namus golf tournament like 15 years in a row and Jim Kelly's deal and all of these things. And it's, I've met some wonderful people throughout. Yeah. But we've been able to touch some kids, man, that is just something that you'll never forget. Heck yeah. That's awesome. So well, it's something they'll never forget for sure. You yeah, hope so. I mean, yeah, you're you, so you, cool. You never know. I mean, well, your, your example, uh, uh, stays with them well and you know, te teaches kids to be some of those great. kids might not know who you are but the ones who do know who you are like their hero just showed up you know the superhero just showed up to yeah. see them which is so cool yeah man it's pretty neat it really is it means i've done something right yeah you know at yeah. the end of the day um hey the, the the belt holds a lot of uh a lot of weight no question and when i take that with me everywhere you know it's it's pretty much still the, rocking the, the superstar but how long did you hold that belt Honestly, I don't know. I, I don't, I mean. I, I, I don't know what, I, I pulled some stuff up online. It was a long time. I think at WCW, I was the world champion for a while. Uh, uh, WWE, I don't think they ever wanted me to be the champion for more than like 10 minutes. So, <laughs> although I am still in contract. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it, was a, it was a different deal. WCW and WWE were completely different entities. Mm. We were going head to head, ruthless Monday Night Wars. I mean, we had spies. We so had, they're both at the same time. Oh, yeah. I didn't wow, know that. Wow, I didn't okay. know that head either. To head, yeah. So head to head on Monday nights, right? We were pulling seven. So two different channels and they're oh, both yeah. running We were fights. pulling sevens in, in the Nielsen's and we were beating Monday Night Football. Why do you think they got, uh, who was the guy, uh, uh, Dennis, the comedian? It was years ago. They brought him on as a comedian hmm. or as a commentator to try to steal part of a... a part of that audience, right? Then they ended up moving Monday Night Football. Wow. Wow. Time, different time slot. Yeah. We were killing them. I, I didn't watch wrestling growing up as a kid. And so like when I got to know you, I like started looking at the old stuff and seeing these sold out stadiums yeah. blows it's, my mind. It's unbelievable. We just went to our first ever, we went to SummerSlam in no Nashville, in really? Nashville uh, just a couple months ago, mm -hmm. I think. First time we'd ever witnessed wrestling. And I was mind blown. Being there live is completely different. Man, it's cool. Man, it is a different know? energy, and it is a different fan base. They oh, yeah. are, they are all in. It's a di you know what I liken the fan base to monster trucks. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, am I wrong? It's the same. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's completely the same. And they are passionate. They. I, mean, I told him that. So Goldberg took us to a summer smash in San Antonio. My whole family got us in like second row. And I like my kids had never watched it on TV and I, I didn't know what they were going to think. And my tiny nine-year-old daughter was standing on her seat, you know, and the guy's like up there being like, 
what should I do? And she's like, smash him. <laughs> and then she's booing the bad guys. And like, she was standing the whole time just going crazy. And I was like, this is what happens. Like kids just love this stuff. It's cool because it's interactive. Yeah. Right? Especially sure. now. He's looking at the audience saying, what should I do? Yeah. You know, and like they know how to get that engagement. Exactly. That's just, all it is. Yeah. You know, and you want to make every single person sitting in their seat feel as though they're the only one you're talking yeah. to. It's right? pretty cool. It's changed a lot. I mean, the business has changed exponentially since I broke in. I mean, it, it, not necessarily for the best, but, you know, it's a, it, it, we still have a very wide reach. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah, and with social media now, uh, it's like a different reach. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, they reach too far into your, yeah, into, <laughs> into your everything. But, yeah, I mean, it, you just have to adapt with the times. Well, I, I just, YouTube Goldberg, <laughs> man, I was mind blown by these views. I mean, seriously, you got highlight reels that go 50 million views. Well, say that's, that Say that again. I want to hear to him. Today. That's epic. <laughs> that's just that's pretty good. I don't Ooh, have any video with 50 million views. Come on, man. That is epic. Yeah, but they've you been out, they've been out there couple. for, they've been, yeah, they've been posted for like 25 years, right? So it's impressive. No, it, it is impressive. And that, that fan base is real, man. Like you got those, you got those kids for life. I watch it every day. <laughs> you got it on loop in the He's house. Exactly. Looping in his bedroom. He's got 64 TVs. 64 million 322. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's yeah. impressive. So what's, uh, Matt was talking about you getting into more racing, more cars, more. Not getting into, he just is into Yeah, I it. know, but like some of the newer stuff that you're jumping into. Yeah, I mean, uh, this post, <clears throat> next week you said it was? Yeah, this will go up uh, Wednesday the <clears throat> something. Well, today, today, uh, which is, I don't know what today the is. The 13th. 12th. Nah, you're right. I didn't want to say it's that. His, it's but. his mom's birthday. So. Oh, it is. On your mom's birthday, <laughs> it's, it's a very special day for me, too, because uh, I am part of a group that just relaunched a new network, Speed Vision. And anybody who's has a little bit of gray <clears throat> remembers Speed Vision. And none of you probably know even what it is. I don't have any gray. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, right. I'm you got gray all over you. <laughs> but that's stress. But um, it, when I grew up, Speed Vision was the preeminent place to watch automotive content. Period. End of story. Mm. Nowadays, you can find it a number of places, and it has been watered down exponentially. I mean, it is, it's not what it used to be. <clears throat> a number of passionate car guys got together uh, a man named Robert Scanlon who actually reinvented each network every time it became something else velocity motor trend he did the transaction hmm. <clears throat> he's leading the charge we we acquired speed vision Sweet. again and today we launched and I am. What not, does that mean? Today we launched. Today we launched. Where today, did we launch? Today we no. Excuse me. Today we didn't launch. Today we we released the fact that we are launching gotcha. late fall. Sweet. So the Hollywood Reporter did a big exclusive this morning, and I am not only one of the investors, but you know I'll be some of the on-air talent. And um, at the end of the day, man, it's just satiating that true car guy, especially right now when internal combustion engines are probably coming to an end very quickly. Dude, you're not kidding. Not if I can help it. Well, no, not. Matt's no, going to save it. Look at it. me, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, not if we can help it for sure. But it, it, the fact is, is that you have to, 
if it's going down, you have to document it properly, especially for the current generation so that it's not, we have a, we have a problem now of trying to erase history. Yeah. You know, you know how many people are just can't wait for our generations to be gone, man. You know what? That's, <laughs> There's that's, like the that's final grip. There's like these final men that are holding on to this society. Yeah, God forbid there be men around. God, <laughs> God forbid there be a gas motor. Well, yep. here's the deal. The, the deal is, is that all these people who talk bad about us men, who are they going to hide behind when shit hits the fan? Right? Who's going to kill all the animals? Can't even hide us. behind you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know, that, that gets deep quick. Slippery slope. Let's go. You know, you're on a podcast, let's go. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're living in crazy times. Hey, um, can we announce um, what we have been talking about in secret with uh, our, our possible endeavor? Because I've talked to him about it, but can you talk about it? On yeah, we can talk about anything. Let's do it. Yeah. So Roman and Cletus and I have been talking about putting an event together. And the reason I bring it up is because you talked about a very similar event, asking me to be in a be a part of it. And I was like, yeah. uh, "Well, will you be a part of ours?" <laughs> this is serendipitous. <laughs> so he talks about the other day having, and this is with Speed Vision, I guess, mm -hmm. having a demolition derby. And I was like, "We're planning to have a demolition derby." And so I was like, "Will you be in ours? I'll be in yours. If you'll be in mine. <laughs> maybe maybe Speed Vision collabs. There you go. Comes out make one super demolition derby. Big social well, you're media. talking to one of the Speed Vision executives. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know a guy. I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. But yeah, man, I mean, it, in all honesty, I mean, I it's a, it was a great investment because the passion's there and the need for the media has to be there. I mean, it, I'm, I'm the audience. You're the audience. Yep. We need it. But also, you know, it's quite a... Quite a smart way to ensure you have programming and be your part of programming in the future. So. Where where is this program going to be? It's it's free television, right? So it's on all these streaming networks. We're talking to Netflix right now. We're talking to Hulu. Got Existing it. wise, we have contracts with I think seven platforms right now. Um, the big boys are the ones we're going after at this point. So hopefully that list is up to like ten. And it'll be subscription-based. And, uh, I mean, the last time they, they did Velocity, the ad sales went from $10 million the first year to 150 the the third year. Hmm. So we've got the right guys in place. Man. That's awesome. Is it crazy coming from a time before all this digital stuff? Like, it sounds like you've got it on wrap, but is it wild to watch that? Because even for me, as a senior in high school, I didn't have a cell phone. Yeah. So I've seen a bit of transition, but coming from your stardom to now, it's so it's all right here. It's, it's overwhelming. It's, it's not it's, as controlled by the networks and the no question. The, the you know the big guys at the top. Yeah, it's controlled by the people who are down on the ground doing the work, which is way different from how it was back in your you know when you were rising up through that. Oh, no question. So I mean, so many things are different. So are you having trouble figuring out navigating how it is now, or do you think you're just kind of you're naturally good at? No, being I, a part of that. I think that we're. I'm naturally good at being a part of it because I'm learning from you. Perfect, <laughs> right? I learned from him. No, so. but I mean, at the end of the day, you have to reinvent yourself every single day, and you have to keep up with technology, and you have to keep and up adapt. with the times, and you have to adapt yeah. and overcome, and you know all these military terms and quotes and sayings that were that are true. And uh, if you want to, if you want to play with the big boys, you want to be one of the bit one of the big boys. You have to conform. Yeah. And then not only do you have to conform, you have to master that space. So you know, I I, I can't do it alone by any stretch of the imagination. 
um, nor would I try. So, I mean, I, as I said, I try to learn from him. I try to learn from all my peers. Sure. Um, which, I which have is no- why you're still around, whereas I'm sure there's a lot of wrestlers who started when you started who they were there for five years and they faded. Or, that, you know. and there's a lot of ego involved with sure. it. People don't like to ask for help or, or admit they don't know everything. Hell, I don't know anything. <laughs> and, you know, that's true. None of us it's do. true, yeah. But <laughs> Nailed I mean, it. So every day I'm, I'm able to pick something up that I didn't know before and it's empowering, you know. Yeah. Um, using it is is another thing, <laughs> but yeah. learning it, you have to, I mean, I came in here, I didn't know how to grab a, a video off of YouTube because <laughs> as an investor, I'm supposed to advertise and blow up social media. And I didn't know how to grab a video until your people downstairs helped me with it, <laughs> right? So, I mean, I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to ask. That's all you need to do. But you knew how to grab that backdrop. Well, that's for sure. (laughs) Guys, going to pause real quick. Give some love to our sponsors over at SeatGeek. Summer concerts are here, and the MLB season is in full swing, and that means you can get $20 off tickets at SeatGeek with promo code Atwood, A-T-W-O-O-D. If you didn't know already, SeatGeek is a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. We've got the app on our phones, and it's by far the best way, the best way to buy tickets. With so many amazing concerts and live events happening right now, you're not going to want to miss out. You can go see baseball games, Morgan Wallen, The Weeknd, and so much more. You guys know we've used SeatGeek for uh, many years. We have been to UFC events. We have been hockey date nights. Uh, You name it, we've done it with SeatGeek. SeatGeek wants to make sure you're getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for the green dots. Green means good deal. Red means bad deal. And don't worry, we've got the hookup for you. Use code Atwood for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code Atwood. Make sure to click the link in the description to download the app. And let's get back to the show. Yeah, it's crazy uh, to see someone like yourself so successful in a different era of content to move to become successful in a digital world. It takes a lot of open and willingness. Like you said, you're jumping on this podcast, don't even know who I am. But it's that openness, willing to evolve, hundred percent into something you're unfamiliar with. Yep. That's uh, it's so powerful. It's powerful, so, but it's yeah. not really. <clears throat> it's not something that everyone does by any stretch of the imagination, because yeah. there's so much involved with it. I don't care. I've wrestled in front of millions of people in my underwear. For God's <laughs> sake, how am I going to be emasculated yeah. anymore? So how did you? Know? you um, serious question. How did you hide that sludge hammer in them underwear? It was man? tough, man. I had to fold it in half <laughs> that, and then tuck that, it under someplace. That iguana. That's what <laughs> Adam Sandler called it an iguana. <laughs> you know, you know why, you know why I think he did that and put that in the movie? Because I, I bitched and moaned at him about leaving me out of that Hanukkah song for years. Right? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Right? And, yep. and I did one day on set. Because he put every popular person yes, in that Hanukkah did, song. Yes, he did, except for me. And then he finally put me in, and he gave me that part. And I'm like, you know what? Thank you, dude. I, I, I know where that's coming from. I greatly appreciate it. What a dope part, too. <laughs> it was cool, what, man. What was that like, working on those big Hollywood movies? That was unbelievable. I'm not like the Hollywood guy by any stretch of imagination. Ten minutes of me being on your podcast probably proves that. But, I mean, I don't... <clears throat> I, I, Man, I've been places. I've done so many things. I don't place a lot of stock in doing those big deals. But yeah. it was awesome. Um, anytime you get an opportunity to play in a movie that is your favorite growing up, that, that yeah. in itself That's is epic. unbelievable. Not to mention, look at the cast. Where'd they film The Longest Yard? Well, Albuquerque's where they filmed most of the prison stuff because it was at 
one of those prisons. It was at a, a penitentiary that was closed down. Oh, so it was at a real one. It was, oh yeah, it was a real That's one. It was cool. terrifying. Really? <laughs> really, how I swear did, to God. How long had it been closed down? Not very long. Dude, and re ironically, renovating an abandoned prison. We could do this. You can do this. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the, it, was, it was the prison that became famous because when the prisoners took over the 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 prison in real uh, life or in the movie in real life they what? took the prison over and they they executed some of the prisoners and they were playing soccer with their heads oh boy yes that's that's the field we filmed the practice <laughs> on on the longest yard yeah so it's like none of the actors wanted to be in the cells oh. or anything like that. it was terrifying there's yeah. probably some dirt in them showers there's no doubt dang no question so uh, it was there and then um Southern California, yeah. uh, where we did the the final game, but most of it was in in Albuquerque, hmm. uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico. Um, it was a lot of fun. Dude. I mean, it, it was it was truly an honor to be on set with Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Oh, that was a um, cast filled cool. movie. Yeah. yeah, they had everybody in that movie. Yeah, it was a big one, man. They had Goldberg in that movie. <laughs> That's why I watch it. Um, and, and Nelly. That, that right? was the coolest thing for me. And Nelly. Nelly see, a, I'll tell you. You want behind the scenes. Nelly and I did please, most please all. Please say Nelly's awesome. Is he, he is freaking unbelievable. I love Nelly. <laughs> he he's so cool. He's such a down to earth dude. I mean, I don't know. Leno told me one time, right? And he he asked how a couple people treated me in Hollywood, and I told him, and he's like, "Well, you know, here's the deal." He says I treat people the way they <laughs> they treat their wait staff, and I'm like. Okay, that makes a lot of sense because they're going to treat me different than they're going to treat the normal person. And so you don't really know who they are, yeah. right? And so I had that experience with the Goldbergs and then the, 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 the dude, the father that got fired there. I got some backstory on that one, but I never shared that with anyone because it, it was an uncomfortable situation, you know, but um, Hollywood is... It's different. Yeah. It's really different. I mean, that's why I moved to Texas. Moved to Texas. <laughs> when did you come to Texas? Uh, um, let's see, two months before COVID hit. So it was no, uh, we're coming up on three years, uh, November the 9th. It was right after an episode of NCIS. I drove home, got home at like two in the morning in San Diego, and I booked three one way tickets to San Antonio. Holy. And we left at six in the morning. That's you were committed. Crazy. We didn't even put our house in the market yet. <laughs> <laughs> we just see ya. So you were one of the early jumpers. I was. Oh yeah. Now it's like yeah. Now flooded. it's ridiculous. Now I'm embarrassed to even drive around and say I used to live in California <laughs> because they're trying to bring a little bit of it here. But fortunately, the Texans won't let it happen. Yeah. This is a passionate state. We live in Ohio. Yeah. Uh, we love coming here. We love. We, we've looked we, at houses. We've come so down here with times. a realtor, and they were looking at houses, houses this morning. Yeah. yeah. Flipping her phone, trying to find a Let's place. Let's go. We constantly are fighting. Uh, to not spend more time here. So we, we, we get it. And I, and I also enjoy that the t Texas people raise their Texas flag. Yeah. Like, you don't see that a lot in Ohio. Mm -hmm. I mean, Ohio's passionate, but Texas is a different breed. Whole yeah. mother. I grew up in Oklahoma, right? And, you know, bordering states and, you know, Texas OU. I always wanted to go to University of Texas. I never had any animosity about Texas until I met the head coach at the time. But... Um, you know, I, I love it here, man. I really do. It's just, it's just unbelievable. It's beautiful too. It really is. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. I mean, man, the weather right now is. 
The weather right now is why we're here. Yep. Not the weather two months ago. Or the weather two years ago. Yeah. Freaking 34-year <laughs> snowstorm. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, right when you moved here. Right when I moved here. <laughs> Every time we fly here, it's like a the weather's like a perfect yeah it's like a sales pitch every well, time you gotta we move here then yeah please. it's like it's like literally it a, consistent other than the rain that we bring usually <laughs> rain's good too we need that right now no not in the middle of construction, middle yeah, construction. You don't want rain. speaking of how's, no, that, how's I, that going i don't want to hear anything from you <laughs> captain pessimistic <laughs> i i'm like every day i'm like okay it's getting closer it's getting closer and he comes to the house and he says, well, you know, I just got to tell you, when mine was at this stage, it took four more years. <laughs> like, yeah, I wanted to kill you. <laughs> like, you. Did you really say that? Man, it's, I it's was riding true. on a, such a high. It's true. I don't want to hear it from is. you either. It's like that in Ohio, too, man. It's brutal. I saw that, but here's uh, the I thing. saw that time lapse you put up, though, today. That looks looks like it's coming along. That looks cool. Dude, it's jamming. Yeah. I mean, honestly, my, my drop dead date, as far as a a date we're really shooting for is when I can move the cars in. I don't give a You said you were moving at least one car in pretty soon after I was there two I weeks ago. I did. I moved that, put one in? that Jeep in there. Okay. <laughs> it's this big, so yeah, it, that, you don't even notice counts. it. Exactly. But it's there. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, the, the move-in date is when I care. Yeah. Uh, so when we get dried in, we're, we're calling the, uh, this, the Bernie Police Department. Have and they're you seen this yet? Have you seen in. it on Instagram, his, his shop, his garage? I don't, I don't know. It is, it's insane garage that it's, it's just the dream garage. It's, the, it's more than the dream. I don't know. I was trying to think of a word that's bigger than dream. It's crazy. Well, if it's it, taken a while, it's, it's so nice. cool. It's an addictive. And he's got a big gym upstairs. Like it's. Oh, you work out? I, he, I he just, have twice. I've been, I've been trying to train <laughs> him. See, here's the deal. The deal is that I, I, my dream for the place was so that my son and his buddies could go throughout high school and get big and strong and go perform on the field. Well, he's a junior already and it's not finished. Right? So, I mean, every second it's like I'm letting my son down even more, but it's, you know, it is what it is, man. I mean, COVID quite obviously killed it, but then, you know, uh, trades and just timing and weather and the fact that we're on rock and you have to destroy it before you, it's a miserable Yeah, Texas, process. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to move here. Yeah, yeah you terrible. should. There's no Just dirt. Totally didn't sell. Is this, the, is this the place? Oh, man. Oh, that's a garage? Yeah. Is that little thing? Yeah, oh, man. I thought my garage was cool. That's Your garage cool. is cool. Can, Mine's uh, just excessive. Sweet, dude. And that was yesterday. Yes, ma'am. Oh, that's awesome. awesome. I'm out there every single day setting cameras up. I was out there at 6, 6 a.m. this morning. Yep. It was awesome. Yeah, you got just some young buck just run cameras for you, dude. This guy's doing social media by himself. He's gonna. He's I gonna, do it. I, I mean, I, I try get to do everything myself, man. Yeah. It's it's consuming, and I I miss time. I miss deadline. I mean, like I sent my the network launched this morning, and I haven't even put a post out. But I like to think that what I've been doing is more important. Awesome, you know. And and the biggest thing for me is that the people have to hear every single thing that I say and or do described from me because mm -hmm. if not they know instantly they know it's not me it, i've oh, tried sure. to have yeah. a couple people post for me throughout the years it seems hollow it's very hollow yep. it really is and it's not you know it's not <clears throat> that is a tough engaging one. that is a tough one yeah. like we know trump was tweeting those tweets <laughs> <laughs> we know biden is not tweeting those do you tweets. know do you know that i tried to get fired from the apprentice <laughs> since the first day i arrived and it, oh, and it took three and a half weeks. 
They just liked having you there. I don't know about that, but it was one of the most miserable experiences. Who else of was mine. on there with you? Daryl Strawberry, uh, Gooden was on there, Sharon Stone. Mm. Uh, uh, I like you more than all those guys. I see why they kept you around. Yeah. Oh, at some point it's ratings too, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Curtis Stone, the chef. <clears throat> um, my, Brett Michaels. Brett Michaels ended up winning it. Um, too good looking, man. It wasn't Super that. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was. It was that he was hot at that point, yeah. and it, it it behooved them to have him win. This is all going to come back to like bite hot, me. hot. <laughs> like how hot? No, I mean his in the. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> in in his career, he yeah. made a reemergence, yep. man, and he was on fire at that point. Yeah. And so it was good for them. What was old Donnie like? Uh, he was a piece of work, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I knew that that dude wasn't going to be the most popular guy in the world when I figured out that he really didn't have any social skills, like zero. Like just When you were on the show, you figured that oh, out? Oh, yeah, because yeah. we'd see him every day. Yep. And, you know, you go up and you shake his hand. He's a big fight fan. I'd met him years before at the UFC. Yep. Um, but you go up and you shake his hand. He doesn't, he really didn't have any, he has no social skills. He doesn't know how to interact with a person one-on-one hmm. without putting a front up. And huh. a lot of people are like that, right? But I wouldn't have suspected he was like that though. Oh yeah. Yeah, he seems good on camera. Well, to, to be, well now he is. <laughs> to be able to manipulate, you know, make people like you enough to win presidency, you'd think you'd have to be good, but maybe he's just not good one-on-one, but he's great with crowds, I he guess. He was uncomfortable. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, uncomfortable. If Biden could win, dude, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody's got it. God help us. I'm sorry, but woo. I think if you say Biden in within the boundaries of the Texas border, like people are hunting after you. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in the right place to be. Able to say I that. just drove back from Austin for God's sake. Maybe <laughs> I feel like yeah. I'm, I'm just personally at a point where I feel like I could go hit the streets, and it would take a very long time to find someone that's like I just love Joe Biden. I think it would be impossible. That's my point. Yeah. It's just to a point where I just can't even understand it. It's past. It's understand past, it or above, even him. Above my, <laughs> my understanding, man. I, I just don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. That's our he's president. A, he's that's a, a man. That's the man hey, running this. That's country. my president. That's, <laughs> that's not my president. <laughs> Voted for Biden, bro. No, you, you do burnouts. You didn't vote for Biden. Bro. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're not driving an electric car that gets. Not yet. You know this guy's going to be driving an electric car. Yes, but oh, you know yeah. why he's gonna, you know why he's going to be driving it because it's it's got so much torque and you can do a burnout for so long. I'm going to drive an electric car though that has like a smoke machine in the back just so I can Absolutely. still pollute. When you got to have stacks. Yeah, you got to have stacks. <laughs> I'm still got stacks on it. Well, the electric stuff's weird too because you see all the the stuff emerging about what it takes to build that electric vehicle. Yes, where it's like all it's the not actually the, not polluting. Yeah, it's, it's all crazy. bullshit. All it's the all, electricity is mm-hmm. made. Or those places where it's like electricity is made in a coal factory down the road. It's like yeah, why, still why, is, why is all this stuff that is bullshit? Social media got everybody believing it's not. I, I just because you got people pushing it on you, yeah, and they got people in the government, you know, uh, laws and regulations now that are are you know getting rid of internal combustion engines, right? So in California by twenty thirty five, everyone has to have an electric car. I just want to, you know. 
That means ever, they're not going to sell anymore, but you can still like have your old, they're grandfathered in, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, nobody's going to come to your house and take yeah, so they just, they're they might. <laughs> See how I'm that is? Take it. You'll probably, you'll probably get fined for driving the thing, though. Eventually. Emissions find me. I'll do a burnout from San Diego to freaking Bernie. <laughs> I would I would watch that YouTube video. Yeah, you know, they just, in a second. They'll just keep upping emissions until it's unaffordable for But people. here's the deal. No, here's the tax. deal. Not, no, no. I think that I know you, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm for the environment. Who isn't? Yeah. Who what what imbecilic human being wouldn't be in favor of having a healthy society, a healthy environment and living as long as humanly possible? Yeah. What happens when you get when you mine these batteries? Yeah. When you and then excuse me, but what happens when the vehicle doesn't work anymore? What do you do, how do you dispose of a, of a of those batteries? Mm. Put Can it in anyone the river. answer that? You put it in the river. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. What are you going to put it back where you found it? And yeah, all of that process is worse for the environment than the internal combustion engine. Well, and I don't. I haven't actually seen studies to know if it's worse or not. But either way, we know it's not good. Exactly. Like, it's not like it's a perfect system, and it's not like it's you know a whole lot better than the other system if it is better. And so. Why make it a law that you can't have the one that people like? And, you know, he, and not everyone's going to like it, but some people like us want it to be loud. Well, yeah, and he, but here's a here's a logical question, right? You live in California and you got an electric car and you're under a rolling blackout. What's up? Yeah, gas generator, bro. You're gonna bingo, <laughs> right? Well, so, we're and, already- and now you can now in 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 America, you there is no infrastructure, proper infrastructure for charging. Unless you own a Tesla, you can't rapid charge mo- you can't rapid charge most of the electric vehicles for less than like 12 to 24 hours and get over 50%. Yeah. You can't do it. I got a buddy who we do our podcast, the Carcast, and he's he just bought a Lightning right the and electric then, lightning yeah, yeah and and it's got like a 300 mile range or something like two to 300 miles but if you tow it goes down to 90 miles right yeah that is crazy and you he plugs it in for like four hours at a walmart and he gets like six percent right i mean it, it, none of it makes any sense to me yeah i like that your last uh podcast with dave sparks he was saying this new um nicola nikolai vehicle is gonna be awesome it's coming out and then here we're like Electric cars are the worst. <laughs> you know what? I know very little about it, but I come from a generation of uh, a good motor. Well, you know, I know very little about it too, and I'm all for it if that's what you like. Absolutely. Just don't take away what other people like. Yeah. 100%. Well, I think it's about conditioning the next generation, right? Like my kids are already electric. Oh, Tesla. For sure. Like they're all in. They're it's all a, it's in. It's advertised to right? be really cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cool, which is good. It's, it's got good technology. Like who cares if your kids like that and they yeah. want to do that? That's great. Yeah. Just don't outlaw the other stuff just don't take my mopar away yeah as long as as long as they make an electric lamborghini my son will want one yeah yeah, I mean, yeah. for sure they are making cool. one aren't they you don't yeah everybody's making mm-hmm. electric well they'll have to or they'll go out yeah yeah especially yeah. when a tesla can beat a lamborghini like yeah you need to make an electric lamborghini <laughs> absolutely tesla's running twos zero to 60 i still man you know i've been i've been following them for years but but the uh not the Rivian, but the, uh, it's the four-door. I, I mentioned it to you. They build them, in, they're built in Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, electric cars. God almighty. It's not a Rivian? It's a four-door, but it's a uh, Lucid. 
Lucid Air. Check it out. It's a four-door sedan. They come in 800, 1,000, and 1,200 horsepower. That is super impressive. And they hold four seven-footers, right? And it's a big freaking vehicle. And they're out now. Yeah. And they're they're fast, man. That's crazy. (coughs) They are crazy. Now we're selling electric vehicles. (laughs) I'm in. I actually, I'm selling all my gas cars now. If I got my hands on a a Tesla truck, I would would want that. Just, Just for content, you know? That's going to be unique when it comes out. True. Right? Yeah, yeah you're not going to pull a I'll run you over in my... In my... <laughs> nah, it's bulletproof. Deuce and a half. <laughs> I'll still run over. <laughs> Dude, I want to hear a little bit more about you, man. More about your... Um, I, I want to I I give our viewers, like, the come up. What yeah, was it how like? How did you grow up? What was it like? <clears throat> um, in su- Oklahoma. Supportive parents. Did you have... Uh... Well, here, here, I'll set the stage for you. My father was an obstetrician gynecologist, and my mom was a concert violinist. Concert violinist. So do you sure. think I, you know, was really, I didn't really fit in that. <laughs> yeah. I had no stretch of imagination. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, my father was an extremely successful obstetrician gynecologist. He delivered most of my friends. No. Um, and my mom was in the Chicago Philharmonic. She's a she's a United States orchid judge. <laughs> it's, orchid judge. I can't that could have been you. I, yes, I can't make this stuff up. I used to grow stuff in her in her yeah greenhouse, but I don't know what, <laughs> I, I don't know if it was an orchid. But um, yeah, it's it's weird. It's really strange. But you know, I had my my grandfather was six seven, like three hundred and forty pounds. He was huge, and so. Out comes me and my two brother, brothers, and they by no means look like the typical Jewish kid walking down the street. I mean, we're all six foot, you know, 230, 250, 280, whatever it is. So all I wanted to do is play football. All I wanted to do is be like my brothers, you know. Um, None of them are concert violinists? No, no. Could have been. Um, they're in the music business. They, they tried. <laughs> they flunked out. I, I used to play the saxophone. But uh, when I couldn't copy the person right next to me any longer, I had to quit. Um, it is what it is. I, it's, it I takes, don't have a musical. You know, like anything, you got to live it. Yeah. So you know, I got that. So when you started to find your career path, um, did it all just hit or was it just a grind? You mean the wrestling part or the football part? Yeah, well, I don't actually, I, I don't I, actually know how you transitioned I, from I, football to wrestling. Did you get kicked off the team 19, or did you quit? Well, that's pretty funny because right. it's close. Um, 1994, last preseason game, uh, went to sack the quarterback, got hit from behind, uh, tore my abdomen off of my pelvis. Oh my gosh. It was really gnarly. Holy cow. It was like really bad. And they didn't know exactly what it was. Nobody could find it. Right. And I played the whole season with it sparingly. So like it. Were your ab muscles shifted up or? Yes. Yeah. And it was right yeah. in the spot where a hernia is. Yeah. Right? But it wasn't a hernia. And so I had that big knot right here. Man, it was it was horrible. Could and you, could you, if you were laying on your back, could you sit up? No. I had wow. to roll over. Golly. And uh, so the, the season ends and they're sending me to doctors all around the country to try to figure it out. And you're early 20s at this time? Yeah. Okay. And, um, the Carolina Panthers and the Jacksonville Jaguars became expansion teams. So at the end of 94, every existing NFL team put four to five people on an expansion list to be drafted from by those two new teams. 
Well, unbeknownst to the Carolina Panthers, I had just been operated on and they picked me. So I literally became the first guy cut from the Carolina Panthers. Um, I asked for it, but, um, and, and, you know, I, I was a small defensive lineman by all stretch of the imagine. I mean, there was no, I, I don't look like a D lineman. They're six, one, 350 pounds usually. So I had to do everything that I could, man, to fight for a job. And every day I had to fight for a job. It's like, I didn't show up one day and go, oh, well, I'm cool today. I can relax. No, uh -uh. I, every day it was, it was tough. And um, so I got drafted by the Panthers. I couldn't do anything. I got operated on. They finally figured it out. I went to Duke University and they, they identified it. It was called athletic pubalgia. Pubalgia. It's a weird yeah. name. It was very strange. And it's basically a hernia. Yeah. And um, so they reattached it. Carolina's obviously doing this, and I can't even walk. So I went into Dom Capers, and Pub I'm like... Pubalgia just means pelvic pain. Mm -hmm. Is that that's true? The, yeah. This guy's so smart. Athletic <laughs> pelvic pain. Yeah, that's like a very nondescript diagnosis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 I, don't know, I don't know how it's different than, than, a, uh, than a hernia. Yeah. You know, except for, I guess you... I could, maybe just complete tear is what, that, what you had, and a hernia is just a half tear, so some of your, like... I, insides kind of pooch out a little bit i guess soccer players and hockey players it was huh. it was prevalent in those sports mm. um donovan mcnab was the first nfl guy to really have it and then they dubbed it athletic pubal whatever mm. and then goldberg had it and boom so an extremely long story short i get cut from the carolina panthers and i'm sitting at home in atlanta and i went to university of georgia played for the falcons so i lived in atlanta and um one day my phone rang and, and it was my accountant. And he goes, how you doing? I said, I'm doing great. He goes, you know, you might want to get off your ass and go get a job. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's not a good call. No, I mean, it's not like I didn't know I was making the league minimum every year. I mean, I'm, I wasn't Dion by any yeah. stretch of the imagination making a million a check. So, I mean, I was struggling. So, you know, I'm played to Georgia, I played to the Falcons. What am I going to do? Go teach people how to work out? I mean, I had a psychology degree. Well, I was two credits short of my psychology degree. But there's nothing I really ever wanted to do. I never aspired to do anything or be anyone other than a professional football player. Mm. Because I wanted to get to a point where people would look up to me and listen to what I had to say. Not because I wanted to be the man. It's just because I wanted to give kids hope. I wanted to give them somebody that they could look up to. I wanted to give young Jewish kids the ability to go, you know what? Screw everybody else for calling us this. Look at Goldberg. Yeah, man. Right? That's awesome. So you do a lot of uh, wrestlers come from a football background. I know Brock did they, that. You, they, they, or is that not that they common. didn't used to it's not that common but okay. it is now it's now it's common because wwe literally goes out and seeks these guys looks for the big dudes that look yeah. like they, they have the look kind of but, but think about it we're schooled on the microphone already yeah right we're, we're used to having people in the locker room interviewing us all the time yeah in precarious situations you know um so it's a natural progression. And where, you, where are you going to find better athletes yeah. than dudes who play in the NFL? Yeah. They've I been mean, training their whole life to be as strong as they can. Bingo. Yeah. So I'm like, hmm, what can I do? 
Yeah, so football's coming to an end. It was over. And, and that was your dream. Yeah, it was over. We're always talking about how you never know where you're going to be. You're never going to know where you're going to end up. I always tell my viewers that. And so your dream is ending. Mm-hmm. What is that like? No, what, hold on, what, what hold on. You, my <clears throat> dream is ending, and I was rehabbing from athletic pubalgia, and I was taking a cocktail mix of oxycodone and and uh what's the one that you they that they give you to get off of heroin uh suboxone no uh methadone yeah okay so i had a cocktail of it was straight narcotics bingo every day i had to take it i'd go to the gym i'd train i'd be in the zone and it would lobotomize me. I yeah. mean, it was like, it was a really gnarly. Just a dull version of yourself. Exactly. And mm. so at that point in my life, when my dream had been taken away, Ugh. I had no idea what I was going to do. I mean, I, I defaulted to wrestling because it was something that I had I'd been out in Atlanta. I was a Falcon. I went out all the time. I, I met all the dudes from WCW. It was based in Atlanta. Um, I'd been friends with them for a period of time and it seemed like a fairly natural progression. It was something that it was like walking up to a pool and not looking in before you jump because I had no idea what it was all about. I, I knew some of the guys, but I'm like, I don't know what I'm getting into here. And so I took everything that made me the football player that I was and I applied it to wrestling. That's all I did. I did you struggle with pain? For a long time? Was wrestling so physical? That hasn't, ironically, it hasn't bothered me once. Them cocktails. Yeah. It wasn't (laughs) that. (laughs) But it it didn't bother me. Ironically, you know, I get done playing football and I rip my abdomen and I get it sewn up and I pick the giant up who's 525 pounds. Have you seen that video? You know? Yes. Dude, it's huge. Straight up. I don't know how I did it, but I mean, thank God I did. But, But what I did was I applied everything that I learned by being a football player to the to the wrestling business. I took a video camera with me every day from day one, and I have these videos. Still. Oh, man. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's oh, crazy. Oh, yeah. And I videoed myself, and I was a big MMA fan because the UFC had just started. Mm. And I knew a lot of the guys, and I actually had the largest MMA gym in, the, in North America, like in 97, um, in Atlanta, and a lot of the guys come train at my gym, and I'd learn moves from them, and I'd buy all their tapes, and I'd buy everything that I could, and I'd look on YouTube for Japanese wrestling and pancrase and shoot fighting. and Ken Shamrock, shoot fighter. Shamrock, everything, yeah. right? And so I'd take little things that I could apply in the wrestling ring that no one had ever done before that really would hurt you and tried to do them to where they wouldn't Safely. hurt you. Yeah. And so I tried to basically be Mike Tyson of wrestling, right? I was 6'4", 280, and I could do a back handspring, right? I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and I was strong awesome. as an ox. And I, and I had the mentality. I'm a football player. That's me, right? It's just the, the ability to turn it on and off. And I said, okay, the hell with it. I'm doing it. And I flew up to WWE, and I met with them first. Nobody really knows. Not many people know this. <laughs> Uh, Jim Ross, who was a commentator, who was also living in Tulsa, Oklahoma when I was growing up, and he was a sports reporter, and he covered me in high school. Wow. Football. 
And he worked for WWE and I picked up the phone and called him and I'm like, please just give me an introduction. I don't know what I'm doing and I know you, please. Because he was really hot back then too. I wasn't Dude, gonna say it. Thing. I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I went up, and 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 it was, it was completely foreign to me, right? Um, I, I I lived in Atlanta where WCW was, and it was based on all those guys I knew them. WWE is the big eight hundred pound gorilla. I had to fly up to Stanford, Connecticut. You know, you're sitting outside in a waiting room of Vince's office, and. And as I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't call my agent. I went there without an agent. And I'm like, I don't even have an agent. I got a football agent. And so I, I said that out loud and the secretary says, oh no, Mr. McMahon does not like agents. And I'm like, okay, I need one right now, right now. And so- Cause that means, yeah. Exactly, so I go in there and take I, meet, advantage. I meet with he and I meet with, with Jim Ross and we talk and you know, they offer me uh, like a training deal or something like that. And I flew back to Atlanta and I called the owner or the, the president um, of WCW and it was Eric Bischoff. He was the acting president on, on camera. And I had known him. Uh, our paths had crossed. I'm not going to tell you how, <laughs> but, but we had seen each other a number of times in a number of places and <laughs> it's actually, it'd be good for the title and thumbnail if we knew where. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sure, you don't remember. No, I don't remember. Uh, no, the statute of limitations. <laughs> and they're closed down now, so it doesn't matter. Um, but but I, I called him and I said, listen, here's the deal. I said, I want to do this wrestling gig. And I swear to God, I told him this and I, to the word. I said, I'm. I'm not going to be one of those $500, I'm not going to be one of those $500 throw around the ring punks. I'm going to make a difference mm. in this business. And that's just the confidence that I had. And the, the fact is, is that it's not based upon statistics or reality, or it's not based on accumulative numbers that you can quantify. It's whoever's the most popular. It's whoever is this, whoever is that. So I can make a prediction all I want, but if he doesn't want me to be the guy, I'm never going to be the guy because it's not athletically based to right. where you can quantify things, right? So I just was very confident and I saw a niche that was, wasn't satiated, right? I wanted to watch wrestling, but I wanted to be able to draw the, I wanted to be able to blur the line between real, excuse me, between fiction and nonfiction, right? I wanted people to tune in and go, man, I know this is wrestling, but man, Goldberg's beating the shit out of him. <laughs> that looked like it hurt. <laughs> yeah, I got to you know? I, I wonder how, I, there's real injuries on them. Oh, real 100%. Injuries. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten hurt in the, I knocked myself on, out on the way to the ring wrestling Undertaker. <laughs> Headbutt in the door. Knocked you out. Knocked me out. Gosh. You know? And, but, but that was me at 50 trying to be Goldberg at 30 yeah. Yeah. and forgetting his routine and realizing his age and wham, I headbutt doors before I go out. I have a routine. I headbutt a door and then I'll pour water on my head and then Was pull the door Was that the open. last door you headbutted? It should have been, but it, was, <laughs> but it wasn't. I exclaimed it was. Here's an example. WWE. They, my relationship with WWE has, has never been 100% on the up and up because I worked for a company 
that was competing against them in the Monday Night Wars, and I and I had the title, right? So I don't expect them ever to treat me like one of their own. No. I, I just don't. Um, I can't remember what the point of this story was. <laughs> <laughs> But I've been hitting the head way too many times. <laughs> Quite obviously, as you can see in real time. Oh, I love that you forgot what you were um, going to say talking about hitting your head. I don't know. Oh, okay. Now I get it. He's, you you he's had back. to joggle, joggle my memory. He's back. Here he is. Stephanie McMahon. And Stephanie, if you're listening to this, my contract ends in two months. So don't take this. You know, don't hold this against me. Um, <clears throat> Stephanie came up to me backstage one night and she said, I, I heard you've been headbutting the doors. I'm like, yeah, that's how I got to be me. She goes, I don't want you headbutting any more doors. And these are, are these fake doors? Like they fall no. apart really easily? They're like oh, a real no. door. This is real shit. It's not I mean, a, it's not a prop door. New. I, I put my head through a lot of things across the country from 94 to 97. <laughs> and I guarantee you half of them are still there. You know, um, she walks up and she says, we can't have you headbutting the door anymore. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know how I can be me if I don't, don't go through my routine. So I wanted to make sure that I was, I was following her orders. The knock on my door, wham, I punched the door <laughs> and broke my hand. <laughs> oh. I didn't never, I never told them about it, right? So... What am I going to do? Time out. No, it's freaking live television. So I punch the door. They're on the other side of the door. They don't know what's going on. I punch the door. I wear these gloves, right? And so fortunately, I grab my glove and pull my, my hand back out. And so I could move it. And it was fun. I'm like, okay, let's go to the ring. And we went to the ring. And then I <laughs> the rope and I fell, right? <laughs> and it was the night that Steve Austin and I met for the first time, I think, and we did a beer bash. So we do the beer bash and I slam my beer because I'm in so much pain. Oh. I'm like, Steve, give me as many beers as you can. I, <laughs> I need to take care of this pain. And then at the end, you know, he does his thing and he goes up to the rope. So I go to the corner and I grab and I fall again. <laughs> I didn't go to the ground, but, um, you know, so that's, that's me. That's, that's unfortunately what happens to me. I've got really bad luck and I'm really a brick brain. But, I mean, it's worked. It's worked throughout the years. I've got really bad luck. I just punched a door. It's unlucky. <laughs> oh, I punched, you know. hundred guys could have punched that door and not broke the hand. <laughs> No, but I think, I mean, I think you hit on what has made you special for all these years, why you've continued to be on top for all these years is you with your, you know, just natural gift of being a big, strong dude could have just been a big, strong dude and, and you would have garnered an audience, but you wanted to be the best and you wanted to go and watch these MMA fighters and, and shoot fighters and try to get something that, you know, Ken Shamrock does and, and put that in your show too. And you didn't have to do any of that. And, and that's, I know a lot of, I'm sure, you know, we all know a lot of very successful people and they all do that. They all go above and beyond. Like, how can I be the best at this? Yeah. And it's, like, this guy's good. I'm good at what I do, but how can I be the best at what I do? And that sounds like exactly what you did back well, in the day. Well, I appreciate it greatly. And I, I truly, as a human being, don't understand why anyone would do something and not try to be the best at it. Sure. It's truly not worth doing. I tell Gage, my 16-year-old son, I'm like, listen, dude, I'm your dad. I'm a football player. I know I've got experience. I know about this recruiting. I know about I know what you need to do to get 
to be the guy, but you need to tell me if you're the guy, if you want to be that yeah. guy or not. Yeah. Because if you want to be that guy, I'll get you there. Yep. I'm not going to lie to you. When you suck, I'm going to tell you you suck. When a coach calls and wants to look at your film, I'm going to tell him it's not worthy of looking at and call me back yeah. in 12 months. For sure. I've seen Gage. He's a big kid. He's looking strong for 16. But yeah, if he doesn't want to be the best, he will not be the best. It's, all, it's also the, the determination and the originality. There's a lot of big, tough dudes that could join. Yeah, yeah for but sure. But your you're right. want to be something different, that's what stands out in every category, whether it's YouTube or wrestling, football. It's that guy that's different. I just don't want to be a sheep by any stretch. I don't want to do anything like anybody else. Well, does. those are the guys that stand out. Yeah, it is. It's the guy that goes that little extra, that little originality that people cling to. Yep. You know, you and know? and while you throw me the compliment, I'm going to throw it right back at you. I haven't seen you were the first one that did what you did on YouTube. I I don't know how can you copy anybody like that. You sure. just had to go out and be yourself. Sure. And what unfortunately what yourself is is entertaining, and what's in your mind it's entertaining because you're because the person that you are you always want to top what you did before. Right. You know. And you don't want to copy people because it's not about doing something better than doing something better than someone else did that. It's it's reinventing and doing something that no one's ever done in your own way, right? Exactly. Well, and that's I you know I met him when he was popular and I wasn't. I was coming up, but he was popular, and I took a lot of advice from him. I remember before I ever met Roman, I was sitting there going like. I wish I could just sit with that guy for an hour and just kind of pick his brain about stuff. Mm -hmm. And we became friends and I like have learned a ton from him. And I, I put some of that in my videos, but I did it my own way. And yeah. I think that's what, that's what makes, you know, you watching all the other fighters like, doing it in your own way is like, you're not copying them. You're just taking, you know, points and tidbits of what makes them special and then putting it in your own special way. And made it my own. Yep. I mean, put my own little flair on it. Yep. You know, I, I I can't tell, and I enjoy it too. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoy trying to be different and I enjoy mm -hmm. trying to be perfect. And it's not something that anybody's ever gonna be, but if you want perfection and if you strive for it, you're never, knowing you're never gonna attain it, you're always gonna get better every day. Yeah. And that's all I care about is getting better and not being the same person I was yesterday. Yeah. That's boring. It's also hard to, for those trying to climb right now, it's very easy to want to imitate success um, it's easy to try to be the guy that's successful mm -hmm. because he's successful, but what works for them may not ever work for you. Absolutely. And that's the importance of being you mm -hmm. at all times. That's what well, you have to find what from. you're good at and accentuate mm -hmm. it, you know, and also at the same time, find your weaknesses and accentuate them. Yeah. Because, you know, in this world of ego, nobody wants to be, you have to admit you have weaknesses. Exactly. Yeah, and that's hard. That's not it's fun. tough. Yeah. But it takes a man and it takes a real person to be yeah. able to admit that. And that's about being about growing and about yeah. moving forward. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I just I, I just I've had good people in the past and I try to follow in their footsteps in the way that they go about things, whether it's being an obstetrician gynecologist, whether it's being a computer scientist or whether it's being a veterinarian or be an influencer or a YouTube host, I'm taking stuff from everybody. And it's, it's, it's all about being a better person and having a better package together. When you were you know? a kid, when you're, let's say, you know, 12 to 15, when you're like kind of figuring out who you are for the first time in your life, before you'd ever accomplished anything in your life, did you have a feeling inside you 
that you are someone special, that you're gonna do something special someday in your life. And I guess what I'm saying is, I know some people who will accomplish big things because they've always felt like that's that's their destiny is to accomplish big things. A thousand, a million percent. Okay. Because I yeah. knew, and you call it whatever you want, but I knew when I was four years old, riding on that bus with my brothers and their football team, I knew I was gonna play in the NFL. Yeah. That's awesome. That is cool. I did. And and by defining that and by setting that as a goal, I did what it took to get there. Yeah. Taking my package into consideration, whatever I had to do to make it to that point, I got lucky. It's twelve hundred sure. guys every year that sure. make an NFL roster. There is some luck to it, for yeah. sure. Oh uh, yeah, but definitely. But but it was it's, some, it's that's I think luck. <laughs> I think luck in your case is probably five percent of it. There's luck, but you also have a lot of drive. Being in the right place at the right time too. Yes. You know, um, Hulk Hogan needed a, 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 somebody to kick his ass. He needed a good guy. He turned to the bad NWO at the time and we didn't have a giant baby face, you know, good guy to, to compete against him. And I was his huckleberry, right? And he awesome. chose me and it was his choice to put me over in front of 45,000 people on a Monday night at the Georgia Dome, where I played for the Falcons in their first game in that stadium. I mean, it was it was really awesome. And people, awesome. a lot of people know this because I've told the story a trillion times, but some people will go, what's the, mo what's the best time in your wrestling career? What's the one moment that was the best time? Well, it's very simple. It was the night I beat Hogan in front of 45,000 people in Atlanta, but it's not for the reason that they think it is. Mm. It's not because I won. It's not because I was the champion. It's not because I beat Scott Hall earlier in the night and I beat Hulk Hogan that night. It was because at the end of the night, when we went off the air, the NWO handcuffed me to the, to the corner turnbuckle and beat the living poo out of me, right? Well, you know who came to my aid? My Atlanta Falcons teammates. Oh, really? Wow. And right now, when I say this, I mean, I get kind of choked up about it because that for me was was like the coolest thing ever because I'm cool. sitting in the corner like this and I'm just smiling and I'm going, man, my whole life, my whole life I wanted to be Chris Dolman, Jesse Tuggle, Chuck Smith, Deion Sanders, a guy who's looked upon as a success in the NFL. And I, I was there for a short period of time, but now as I sit at the top of the world as a wrestler, my peers want to be me. Yeah, for sure. And that was absolutely the coolest thing I've ever experience short of marrying my wife and my son. <laughs> yeah, blah, blah, son. blah, 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 you know. <laughs> you know, um, that was absolutely the coolest thing ever. That's awesome. And like I said, for that one second, man, the guys I bled with and cried with and freaking tried to be every day, they wanted to be me. Yeah. That was freaking coolest. I could have died that day. I could have died that day. And, and that, that was the coolest thing ever, you That's know. Epic. But it, it doesn't mean that I don't value beating Hogan or anything else that yeah. happened. It just means that just overshadowed my, like, it. Yeah. kind of a dream of mine. I, I don't know. I don't know what it says. It was bigger than your dream. It was. It yeah, was really, it was really cool, man. I mean, it was really neat.
I love the the fact that you you conquered something you had no intentions of even doing originally. And people resent that. I think that's Some amazing. That's just just so obvious proof that you can do anything yeah. that you want. I never aspired to be a professional wrestler by any stretch of the imagination, though I watched it with my grandmother growing up, Texas Championship Wrestling, <laughs> ironically, <laughs> yeah. right? But I never in a trillion, my brother, I mean, more backstories, my brothers had a house with flair in college. Really? <laughs> yes, they lived together. Huh. And there was another wrestler, Ken Patera, Patera was the world's strongest man at one point. He was lifted in the Olympics, and the dude was gnarly. First guy to ever military press 500 pounds. They all had a house together. That's so it, it all kind of comes back now. Circle. Oh, now I get it, right? You know, my brother went after Ken Patera with a hatchet, and Ken Patera was one of the gnarliest dudes ever back in the day. So that shows you a little bit about the Goldberg family, <laughs> right? So, I mean, it all kind of makes sense. Then I roomed with Kevin Green, God rest his soul, at the, at the Rams, and he did the best Hulk Hogan impression, and he was the first guy to tell me to go to wrestling. First guy, dude, you gotta go to wrestling. I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna do that. <laughs> no, thank you. And then, you know, so there was, there was a lot of ties with the business. There were a lot of reasons why it was, could have been the next thing for me to do, but I never aspired to do it. And, and I guess you guys are right. Once I back up and look at it, it was something I never aspired to do, but... But with my work ethic and my drive, I was able to attain a certain level of success that is pretty cool. You know? Yeah, it's the, um, you know, when you hit those, when, the, in a, when your football career died, it was like your finish line was your starting line without knowing it. Absolutely. And it's, it's like hitting that rock bottom that- And uh, I was there. Yeah, and- Yeah, because a lot of people uh, are going to go be- Car salesman or something. You're, you're gonna get an average. I was going to be a trainer. What yeah. am I going to do? You're going to get right? an average job, which is great. Um, I was a veterinarian, a took a reg, you know, an average job, and then but you found something you liked more, and you could really push yourself at. Well, that and I had applied so much of my life towards building my body and being yeah. that monster guy. Yeah. Why not just throw it all over at another venue? Keep tackling right? people. Exactly. That's where the spear came from, right? The, I'm walking out and then Jody, uh, the assassin number two, he was the leader of the power plant at the time. And we were working in Orlando at Universal Studio, dark matches. And it was the first dark match I had. And, and right before I go out, he goes, what's your finish? And I guess, what's, I mean, what's that? I went, <laughs> he goes, what do you do at the end to win? And I'm like, I don't know. Am I going to win? And he goes, whatever you do, make it impactful. And this is before I came up with that jackhammer thing. Well, I didn't. Uh, Sarge came up with it, one of my trainers. <clears throat> and I, I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I get out in the ring and I'm like, well, let's just let the instinct kick in. And I looked across the ring and it was a dude named Manny Fernandez. And I'll never forget it. I looked at him before the bell rang <laughs> and I like, said, and I killed him that night. <laughs> kind of. I said, I said, Manny, do you trust me? And he goes, yeah. I said, when the finish comes, just tuck your chin, spread your legs, and kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> he's like, what? And the bell rang. And I'm like, okay, here we go. I hope he's ready. And I ran him over. And I came to the back, and everybody's jaw was on the ground. And they went, whatever you just did, do that every time. I'm like, that's pretty simple. Got it. And thank you, because that's just like me being on the that's football, your football field. Yeah. Football move. So... That's that's kind of where that came from. And, and you know, like there's a lot of people, it's weird because I was the only person who did it. 
And then the Monday Night Wars come, right? And then they start doing it, mm. you know, to take away from what I was doing. Now I'm over there and people are doing it. Yep. And I'll just be honest. And Roman, you know, said, you know, how stupid it is to go out and hit people hard. Well, if you can hit people hard and cross and blur that line and not hurt them, I think it's pretty smart. And plus, I don't look like a, no offense, girl when I tackle people. <laughs> so... <clears throat> I, I, I talked to a dude, a kid last night. Okay, Rick Steiner's son, who's now Braun Breaker, who's the champion of Next, who's the, it's kind of like the farm. It's not the farm league. I'll get lambasted for that. But it's another segment of WWE, of the new up-and-comers, basically. Well, he's me, basically. He's spearing dudes, and they wanted him to jackhammer people. And he's the son of one of my best friends. Mm. And I love this kid. And he went up and he tried to play for Baltimore. I think he walked on as a free or was a free agent for Baltimore for the Ravens. The kid is unbelievably athletic, but he's, he's one of the smartest kids, man. Mm. And he's knowledgeable in the business because he grew up with it. Well, I was hanging out with him and his dad when he was Gage's age. Well, now look at him, mm. right? So he's calling me last night. We're talking about the business. And he's like, man, if Gage ever needs anybody to make a phone call for him, and I got a Rolodex of these all the coaches, and I'm like, is this really Steiner's son, man? I mean, I remember when he was Gage's age. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. And it's it's it's, it's cool. It it's is. cool how it's all cyclical and we're all taking care of each other. You got great friends and great, you know, uh, uh, group. Then even through the generations, they all take care of each other. So, yeah, that example goes a long way. It does. Yeah. It does, Good man. for you, man. It's been, a, it's it's been awesome. an interesting ride, for sure. But, I mean, it's... As far as I'm concerned, it's just beginning. My contract may be ending, and I'm 56 years old here a couple of months. But, man, my life has just begun. I just got here. That was another question I was going to have for you is, like, do you feel and do you think you'll ever feel like I did it? No. I accomplished it. I'm, I'm done now. Goldberg's going to take a break for the rest of his life. I'll do that for maybe a weekend. Yeah, you'll feel like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> and then you'll be like, nah, I got to do something again. No, it's... Like it's is I'm, it... Because that's how I feel. I think that's how you feel is... I, I'm i like, yeah, cool. I was a I was a successful veterinarian. I want to be a YouTuber. Now I'm a successful YouTuber. Now I want to do whatever. And now I'm just like... I. I don't feel like I've done anything. I feel No, but that's why you're who you are because you always strive to be better than you were the day before. And if you're great the day before and you and you're who you are and you know you're going to be better the next day, just imagine the heights that you're going to yeah. rise to. Now, I can't say by any means that I want to be a professional at this or I want to be sure. that whatever it is I just want to be the freaking best yeah. period I don't mm -hmm. care what hey, whether TV executive for Speed Vision whether it's on air talent for Speed Vision whether it's I can't even remember my name on NCIS <laughs> but <laughs> oh god hey head butt that door over there <laughs> exactly maybe it'll joggle some memory you hit one before you walked in dude <laughs> yeah uh, no, I had to ride my motorcycle here, so I had to have my equilibrium <laughs> even. It's the second time I've ridden in five years. Really? No yeah, I rode it back from the dealership after I had him pick it up from storage for the last three years. Yep. And I figured, well, I'm not going to put it back in storage. I'm just going to drive it home. So I jump right on the 10, <laughs> right? Where the, yep. man, it's brutal. Yeah, and I'm like, new oh, construction now, out there. Now I remember. Now I remember. Should have done that. Exactly. <laughs> back in the storage. Exactly. Yeah. But it's a 6.2 mile ride here. So every time I come here, I'm going to jump on the bike. 
You got any advice for these kids growing up right now? Give them something. Don't be a sheep. Don't be a sheep. Period. Like End that. of story. I mean, that. don't be a follower, be a leader. And you're not saying that politically. I'm not saying that. You're saying anything. be original. I stay so far away from yeah. political anything, it's yeah. not even funny. I'm just saying be yourself, accentuate the positives, work on your negatives. That The biggest problem with people, and it was our generation, I don't know if it's this, but the biggest problem inherently with an individual is that they don't like to accentuate their weaknesses. That's why they're weaknesses. Right. If you accentuate your weaknesses, then you get better at it and then it becomes a positive for you. It might be an advantage. Um, that's something that I'm trying to teach Gage. I'm like, hey, man, I know you made great tackles, but those plays where you got your ass kicked. How about working on that? You know, that technique, because you'll always be able to make those tackles. But that technique comes up again and you're not going to know how to deal with it. Yeah. So sequentially mark these things off your list to where you have no negatives. There are no disadvantages to your game. I don't, I, I just try to live my life like that. In everything that I do, whether it's washing the dishes, I swear <laughs> to God, I'm really, I, I I'm got, the best dishwasher. I'm just, I'm just saying. Go on. What is, everything I do, I try to be the best at it. That is interesting. I mean, That's it's not, well. it's that not like crazy. I want to be in a dishwashing competition yeah. <laughs> but it's like i take pride in everything i do yeah. that's awesome I, I do i mean um i'm from the generation that i remember as a kid i'd walk around the house you talk about treating people how you want to be treated and being responsible and i used to walk around the house and if something was on the ground i'd pick it up solely because i wouldn't I couldn't bear to live with myself if my mom bent down mm. and hurt herself or tripped or something. Pick it up. Somebody could fall on whatever. I mean, it's just how I, it's, it's a weird deal. God, you have no issue with that. <laughs> yeah, my kids, my kids would never do that. But that's the generational gap thing. Yeah. You know, that's, I, I, it was different when I was a kid. Black and white TVs, you know, I mean, they didn't have phones. And <clears throat> What do you think about somebody that's, um, too scared to start something because they think they might fail. Uh, that's a cop-out. It's an absolute cop-out. It's all mental. It's all mental because you learn so much even if you fail. First and foremost, you can't succeed at anything unless you give it a shot. And we have to fail, right? Absolutely. That's where you fail. learn. But also, yeah. everyone has that feeling. Even the most successful person, I guarantee no they had that feeling where they were like, I don't know if I want to do this. And then they said, no, I do. Yeah. Not uh, No normal person is going to go, ah, oh, this is going to suck. I want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> right? So it's all about coming to terms with yourself and where you want to be and the chances you want to take. Yeah. And is it worth it? I live on a pluses and minuses schedule i really do if something on my schedule has more pluses than minuses i'm doing it if it's got <laughs> more negatives than positives i'm not going to do it my a, a big adage that i like to live by that my father used to say all the time is the path of least resistance path of least resistance oh. hey man shortest distance between two points is a straight freaking line right and if you know something's going to create create animosity or a, a struggle why bring it up Right on. It's a simple thing. There's so yeah. many, there's so much strife in the world as it is. Why make it any worse? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just try to keep my mouth shut. When somebody asks my opinion, I'll I'll give it to them. But I mean, you know, I need to be poked like a bear. <laughs> <laughs> because when I start speaking, then I can't stop. Yeah. Well, it's a, I think it's a good attribute. It's good. 
My wife doesn't like it. <laughs> how, how long you been married? Uh, 16. 16 years. Yeah. Awesome. It's the coolest thing ever, man. Yeah. I never, you know, I got old, I got married older in life. And, and I think for me, and I would advise for everyone to get all that other crap out of your system. Mm -hmm. And when you're ready, you know, you're ready. Yeah. And my dad got divorced twice. Yeah, he, you know, he's certainly not the person relationship-wise to take after. But I'm completely the opposite. When once you make a decision, that's that's where I am. That's that's the decision for the rest of my life. Nothing jeopardizes that decision. Now things could come up, yeah. but you have to talk about it in the meantime. But are you um, are you career-based husband? As in, I'm going to be the best husband? Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. You'd have to be. Well, yeah, and it's it's again one of those perfectionist things. I'm trying to be the best husband I can be. I'm yeah. trying to be the best dad I can be. Uh, trying to be the best, you know, town celebrity that I can be. You know, by lending my time to as many things as humanly possible. Problem with that is you got to take time for yourself. Sure. And uh, like this morning <clears throat> at six o'clock, I'm like, you know what? I got to just chill for a little bit. You know, I got one on. I got one today, I got one Monday, I got a dinner to go to next week, I got third, you know, it's just, you gotta chill. You're not good, <clears throat> if people want you to be you and perform, you're not as good to them if you're not rested and prepared and that guy, ready to be that guy. Yeah, how about, career, how about career with family, balancing and any issues with that? Zero. Just team. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't take jobs if they take me away from the family. I mm -hmm. I won't. You know, I got a signing in Liverpool, you know, in April, and I ain't going unless they fly Wanda with me. That's cool. Period. End of story. Yeah, it's just it's part of the equation. Yeah, part of your team. Well, yeah, and yeah. it's a built-in vacation. Yeah. Why not have my beautiful wife there at the same time? Heck so yeah. I mean, um, and and you know, not many people know this. My wife is an extremely successful stunt woman. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Nobody knows that. You guys wrestle, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you guys wrestle. What a devious look <laughs> You guys wrestle. No, huh? she's about 105, you know, so it's a little unfair, but she's a <laughs> she's a wiry little one. But I mean, dude, she used to do stuff I wouldn't even consider doing. Really? And talking about putting family before career, you know, I mean, I told her to stop doing stunts because I wanted her son, our son, to have a mom. Yeah. Because literally this this girl, she did a stunt, and I, I think I told you this one time, she did a stunt from a moving train. It's going like 30. And she jumped from a moving train to an oncoming train. Jeez. Oh, no way. And they said- Doubling the speed. Yeah, they said, so if you hit it perfect, you're gonna break your ribs, you're gonna do this. If you don't, you're gonna die. Is this for a movie? Is yeah, for a movie. And she used to do that stuff all the time. Yeah, first stunt really. she ever did, she took a bike off a 90-foot waterfall. She wasn't even a stunt woman. Jeez. Oh she drove a horse. She drove a horse. <laughs> she, <laughs> she rode a horse on set for a commercial. And the stunt guy was being spoken to by the producer. And the producer says, hey, is that, is that your assistant? Does she do stunts? He's like, yeah, sure, absolutely. Anything with a horse, she can do. That was her first day. No and way. And then the guy said she was a dead ringer for the lead character. And so she doubled the character. And she made more. She, was a, she worked for Mode Modeling Agency. She did, the, she did all of the advertising for a 92-chain restaurant up in Canada. Hmm. She'd fly to Toronto once a week 
you know, to, you know, business meetings for the, the <clears throat> marketing department. And then she was a stunt woman, right? And, and I made her quit stunts because it's just so dangerous, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then look what I do. Yeah. <laughs> I spear, we're in Saudi Mass Arabia. Yeah, I spear Brock Lesnar through the barrier in Saudi Arabia and she and Gage are on the front row. And I literally thought I ripped my ear off when I hit him because I hit the metal of the barrier with my ear and I, and I hit him and she's like about where he is. <laughs> <laughs> and she's terrified. She thought I, I broke my whatever. I don't know. She, she thought my ear was gone. And she had like had the worst look on her face. Ugh. And I'm like, man, now you know how I feel. You need to this stunt thing. Off a train. Mine's, mine's predetermined. You know it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, so I mean, it's, it's I've killed her career, you know, <laughs> but I did it out of love. Yeah. You know, and, and I just, I, if anything ever happened to that woman, I, I, I'd die, man. Yeah. And how'd you guys meet? <laughs> oh, that's even funnier. You want me to tell you the whole story? Let's just go, part man. Let's it? go. Yeah. You tell us. Uh, I, I was contracted to do a movie called Santa's Slay. And you picture a Jewish killer Santa Claus. It's freaking epic, isn't it? Right? So I flew up three weeks early to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, where we were shooting with my assistant. And we, there was a strip club scene and they needed 49 strippers. <laughs> it was our duty to go find them. <laughs> <laughs> so well, after a three week period of time, we had 49. We come to the day where we're rehearsing the scene. I come in as Santa Claus. I killed, the, I killed two guys in the door and I, the bartender is chasing me with an ax. And then I jump on a table and I jump from an, another table to a swing. Stunt woman sitting on the swing. But before we went through the rehearsal, there's 49 girls walking around naked on set. At that point, I was like numb to it. But there was a girl in the corner wearing a blue robe, a light blue robe. And I'm... I'm like, well, something's different here. And so I, <laughs> there's I, clothing. There's clothing. What's up with that? <laughs> and so I had Josh, my assistant, go and see what it was. He comes back and he goes, man, that's the stunt girl. I'm like, hmm. Okay, that's interesting. <clears throat> so we go to the scene and uh, we're rehearsing the scene. And quite obviously, if you do the logistics, I'm hanging from a swing and she's sitting on it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm, I'm I'm literally like this, <laughs> and it was the most uncomfortable time because I, if I look up at her face, I'm looking right up her skirt, <laughs> like literally. They're like Goldberg. You need to you need to pick your head up. Yeah, and I'm Santa Claus, and and all of a sudden she taps me on the shoulder. I'm like, Yeah, how you doing? And, and she's like, are you okay down there? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. And she goes, usually before a guy sticks his head between my legs, he buys me a beer first. <laughs> I love you. You're awesome. <laughs> Within five minutes, I asked her to dinner. And as Santa Claus, she's not going to say no. <laughs> but, but the backstory, which is funnier than anything I could ever say, was that she only did the movie because she thought she was doing it with Jeff Goldblum. 
and she shows up on set. He was supposed to be Santa Claus. No, no. She shows up on set and she goes, "So where's Jeff Goldblum?" And they went, "Goldblum? You mean Goldberg?" And she goes, "Who the hell is that?" Oh my god! And they said some wrestler, your future husband guy. And she goes, "You mean that fake shit?" And, and I, I didn't have a chance, right? But I was Santa Claus. And so she couldn't say no to Santa Claus. And she had no idea who I was, so she didn't know what I looked like. I had maybe 5% body fat at like 290 right then. I had veins coming out of my ears. <laughs> and I was in the best shape of my life. And she comes to the trailer afterwards, and I open up the door. I'm wearing a tank top and like running. I was shredded. And she's like, bonus. Okay, let's go to dinner. <clears throat> so... This great steak joint had been taking care of us, you know, for three weeks that my assistant and I were there. So I'm like, hey, there's this killer steak place and they've been taking unbelievable care of us, right? So she meets me there. Uh, uh, I arrive, she's sitting at the bar, grab her, we go to the table. They sit us down, wonderful dinner, no check. The manager comes and he says, Mr. Goldberg, is everything good and, you know, can I do anything for you? I said, you know, just bring the check. Everything was wonderful. And he goes, oh, no, Wanda doesn't pay. <laughs> <laughs> she freaking set me up because that's the 92 chain restaurant that she did the marketing for. Oh. So they thought she was spying on her. So the thing that I thought was happening in that they were taking terrific care of me was not because of me. It was because <laughs> of her. That's pretty good. Yeah. So that shows the sense of humor my wife has. So, and the rest is history. Well, I know what movie awesome. we're watching tonight. Let's go. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is that the is that the sleigh you have? Yes. He still has that sleigh. Yeah, I got the sleigh. It's going up in the garage. I'm going to suspend it from, from the second floor. And you guys still have the swing, obviously. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. But we do have the sleigh, which is cool. That but is cool. The... the, the Producer, it was his first movie. He kept it. He, he lived in L.A. They ended up selling his house. He called Wanda, and she had it. She had my car guy go up with a trailer and pick it up and drive it through L.A. traffic on the back of a flatbed. And she, and unbeknownst to me, I didn't know it was there for two months. She had it stored up at our neighbor's house, and she restored it. Oh wow! And then Christmas, Hanukkah, she presented it to me. That's awesome. That man. It was really neat. It's cool. That's Sixteen cool. years later, yeah, it was cool. And so. she and and going into the longest yard, she'd worked with with uh, Bert for years. <laughs> and so I walk up to Bert. I'd never met him before. We had the same agent, but I'd never met him. <clears throat> and I walk up and introduce myself, and he goes, "Goldberg, I respect you. I've respected you forever, but now I really respected respect you because you're Marion Brown Eyes." Like brown eyes. Okay, who's oh Wanda? So yeah, he'd worked with her gotcha. a long time, and he knew her before he, he. I'd never met him, and he she left a very good impression upon him, and then we got to be friends and super cool. The rest is history. Yeah, man, that's so cool. it's awesome. I could talk forever. I'm sorry. No, man, I, I love it, man. A little funny, a little inspiring. I love it. Um, if you don't have anything else, we'll wrap it up. It's um, been great. There was one more thing. Um, Brittany, did you have a question? Oh, yeah. Wait, there was something you would ask us if you should ask him. Well, here we go. Go ahead. You can <laughs> ask me anything you want. I don't care. I can ask you anything? Anything. So I've been told this. But <laughs> by I'm him? Ask you. <laughs> yeah. No, sir. If Not it was by him, I know it has ill intent. <laughs> 
So is it true? No. That, that steroids make your pee pee small. How would I know? <laughs> I have no idea. Good answer. That will have to be uh, to be continued because I, I'll have to look that up in a dictionary or a thesaurus or, or yeah, I don't know. Encyclopedia. Do they have those? Webster. Probably not. Webster. Yeah. I don't know. Just Google. Don't know. According to that doctor. Matt, does it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, hey, check this out. If it was related to me in any way, shape, or form, I wouldn't have been in the iguana, right? That's right. That's According true. to that documentary, that's The Longest that documentary Yard. We saw. Yeah, no, Roman, talking about you saying you could talk forever, Roman was asking, he's like, is he pretty? I was like, Goldberg will talk all day. You don't have to worry about Goldberg. He, this guy, Love it. This guy is a storyteller, like, all the way through. Love it. Well, I know there's a million great stories that we couldn't touch on, but thank you for being here. My Seriously. pleasure, man. And it's I, not like I'll your s- podcast is ending. You could have me on again sometime yeah. when you guys move to Texas. There, there you go, go man. Yeah. And then I can have you on my podcast at the new sound room yeah. at Goldberg's Garage. He there we go. In four, in four years when it's finished. Yeah. Like four to ten years. <laughs> now the ten years. <laughs> well, you're building a castle. It takes time. It does, but it's an open structure, man. Yeah, it's, cool. It doesn't take that much freaking time. Yeah. It's hard to get people to work right now, Almost man. done. Thanks so much. Thank you pleasure. guys for uh, listening, for watching, for joining the podcast, supporting, and uh, you're beautiful. You're one of a kind. Smile more. Boom! <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thanks, man. My oh, pleasure, man. Real. Was, My pleasure. It's so awesome of you. And it's all about, it's all about <laughs> continuing to learn because I, I, I learn from him all the time. Now I know who you are and I know what you do. I can learn from you. I mean, it's all good, man. We keep it all in the family.